0: Come on, side, side, side. Grab the on the track. Come on, side. Come on, side. Hey, y'all, it's Ed Lover. Time for another Come on, Son. The podcast brought to you by CigarsInternational.com. Big shout out to my man, Fire Marshall West. Don't forget to go to CigarsInternational.com. And if you go there and put in my code when you get ready to check out, you'll get 10% off your entire order. That's Ed10OFF. Ed10OFF, CigarsInternational.com. ed 10 O-F-F. So the other day in Chicago, where I currently am on, on the mornings of 104.3 Jam, Chicago's number one for throwbacks, I was on the air and um, one of my uh, immediate... Superiors came in, music director Eric Bradley, and he was like, hey, Wendy Williams is in town. And I was like, oh, wow, Wendy's here? And he was like, yeah, she's doing something, blah, 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 blah. She was on this station, that station. So I do have a relationship with Wendy Williams, so I called her cousin, I mean her cousin, I, stupid. I called her husband, Kev, It got Kev on the phone. I was like, damn, Kev, y'all in town, and y'all ain't come see me and whatever, whatever. And he was like, damn, Ed, I didn't even know that you were here um, doing radio. So immediately we set something up and, uh, they're supposed to come over at 11 AM, but they ended up getting there at 10, 15, which was fine with me. And we did an interview. She didn't have a lot of time, but, you know, got what I needed to get out of it. And, um, you know, they bounced and they had a spectacular, um, one-on-one with Wendy's audience at the House of Blues that night. And, um, you know, once she left, I was like, "Damn, you know, I got a lot of stuff to do. I didn't get to go to the House of Blues, but it started me thinking about what I want to talk about in this podcast. And one of the things I want to talk about in this podcast today is control—what you can control—and don't worry about the things that you cannot control. And that is a—that's a big, big part of our everyday existence as human beings. You know, we get all upset and discombobulated and we refuse to live life happy based on something that we have no control over whatsoever. Like, you can you can only control what you can control and you cannot control what you can't. Like, it's just, just that simple in life. Like, God is the almighty power. God gives us grace every day. And every day we wake up, we're lucky to be alive and we should all say thank you to God or Allah or whoever you worship but you things that's outside of your control is really nothing you can do about it like all you can do really is try to pick up and move forward in a positive manner i mean pretty much that's all you can do there's a lot of things that have happened to me in my life that i have been a part of but things that were outside of my control now when i first was on Power 105 before the Breakfast Club came, I was doing mornings on Power 105 in New York. And I was relieved of my duties. In other words, I was fired. Um it wasn't because of something that I'd done. It wasn't because my ratings were bad. It was because they decided as a company to move in a different direction to the morning show that they have now, which is The Breakfast Club, which is Angela Lee, Charlamagne Tha God, and DJ Envy. Um, at the time, DJ Envy was, I believe, doing stuff with Hot 97. Charlamagne was still in South Carolina. Angela Yee had her show on, on Sirius XM. Um, so, once they got on, once they came on to replace me as The Breakfast Club, I got a lot of things that were on social media that was sometimes said about me, like I would post something and somebody would go, well, yeah, shut up, that's why they fired your ass off of Power 105. That was beyond my control. I didn't have anything to do with it. And at first, when I was fired from Power 105, I was really, really, really angry. Like, super, super angry about it. And I'm going to tell you why. Because... I feel that when Power 105 flipped over from, if you know your history of the radio station, it was a jamming OD station. Um, I replaced Jeff Fox and comedian George Wallace. They were, the, they were the morning show. They weren't even told that the radio station were flipping f- formats, They were doing mornings. They were not told until the morning of that the radio station flipped formats. I remember sitting there um, answering the phones from different people calling the radio station, asking the station what was going on with the format. I remember one phone call in particular, just like it was yesterday, I picked up the phone And uh, I said, Power 105. And the lady said, what happened to jamming 105? I had been there all night working, you know, we was working on imaging and doing voice work and all that. And I said, it's no more. It's now a competitive hip hop station. She was like, like Hot 97? I was like, yeah, kind of like that. And she was like, nobody want to hear that shit. She said, what happened to um, Jeff and George? I was like, well, they're no longer here. And she was like, well, who's going to be on the morning show now? I said. Dr. Dre, Ed Lover, and Lisa G. She said, nobody want to hear them motherfuckers not realizing that she was talking to me. That was her real reaction to a station that she loved that got flipped. And I felt bad that I was replacing Jeff Fox and George because I knew both of them, and they're really good guys, and they did not deserve to be treated like that. But that was something that was outside of their control. And uh, it was a station flip. It was just the format. They felt like the format wasn't working for them, and they flipped the station. So when Dre and myself and Lisa came on board, we were there, and it was all in the paper. I still got the newspaper clipping on a plaque somewhere on the Power 105 shifts to compete with Hot 97, and I felt like we gave that station credibility. And I was never mad about being fired. I have totally... Nothing against Envy, Angela Yee or Charlemagne. I don't know them that well. Those are people that I know in passing. And whenever my name has come up on anything, Charlemagne has always showed me the ultimate respect as an OG. I don't know them to be angry with them. Like they've they didn't do anything to me. They didn't they weren't like friends of mine who ran around behind my back digging to try to get me removed so that they could get hired. It wasn't like that. So I had never had any animosity against the breakfast club whatsoever nothing but love and respect for all three of them envy is actually from the same borough i'm from in new york city which is queens new york and the and the same area so we tend to support each other wholeheartedly so there's no way i was going to be mad at envy but i was mad at clear channel for a while because i felt like we gave them credibility to be able to step into the arena of hip-hop in New York City. We gave them a name that people were familiar with. You know, when, when you launch in a new station, you want somebody that's an outstanding person in whatever city it is and give your station credibility. And I think that's what we have done in the past, and I think that's what we did for Power 105. So I was never mad at being let go, I was mad at the way I was let go. I was, uh, It was a Friday, um, Cadillac Jack McCartney was the program director. I had no idea I was being let go. I got called to the office. There was a person from Human Resources there. I was told that they were going into another direction and I was asked to give back my building pass and I was promptly walked out of the building. I didn't get, I had an office, I had stuff in the office. They packed my office up and sent it to my house like, I was literally walked straight out of the building, past people that I worked with for almost eight years without me being able to say goodbye. Like, I don't know if they thought that I was going to start arguing or fighting or fussing or anything like that, but I was just literally, like, put out. And I wasn't mad at change. Change is inevitable. You're not going to stay anywhere Forever, But I was mad at the way it was done. Like, I felt like they could have gave me a last day and was like, hey, Ed, this is what we were doing. You know, Um, I was blindsided. Absolutely. My feelings were hurt. Um, It was a it was a it was a money thing. It was a money thing. And it was a youth movement. Um, I remember talking to Jack McCartney a lot. You know, we got to get younger. We got to get younger. That's what you used to say. We have to cum younger. We have to cum younger now. If there's one thing that you cannot control, and this is what we're talking about today, is how old you are. Every second of every day, every week, every month, every year, you're getting older. You can bask in the glory that you're young right now, but 20 years from now, you will not be young. You can say, I'm only 25. 25 20 years from now if god grants you his grace you're going to be 45 years old there's nothing you can do about it and i remember him saying that and i remember thinking wow i am what i am these a lot of these people have been watching me since 1989 on television i cannot shave points or lie it's all on the internet it's all on google you can't lie about it. You are what you are. You are you're as old as you as God wants you to be, still living on this planet. So, I remember when I got walked out the building. The first thing that I thought was like, I should sue these motherfuckers for age discrimination, because that's exactly what it was. It was age, and and a part of it, honestly, was money. I mean, the country wasn't going through such a good time uh, financially at that point. Um, iHeart is struggling now. They were struggling then. Well, they were iHeart then. They were, uh, Emmett, not Emmett's, um, what did I say? Ugh, shit, I'm losing my train of thought, but y'all bear with me. It was, uh, whatever it was, you know, they were struggling at the time, and I was making a shitload of money. Like, I was making probably more money than, I know I was making more money than my program director at the time, but that's the deal that they cut with me. So, it's always like that you know with you know a lot of people might not believe it man but with certain races it's always like that man it's it's always like that That Elvis duran is older than me but he could talk to a 12 plus audience but i can't talk to my audience which is 18 plus he's still at z100 and he still makes a shitload of money but it's a problem when i make money And when they feel like they got to cue younger. And a lot of the things that were put in um, to play for the Breakfast Club is a lot of things that I've been asking for for a long time about being viral, about, you know, there's a lot of things that I thought that could, that I saw the way the trends were going towards social media and stuff that I thought like, hey, we need to go this way more so than just a radio show. We need to be more viral. We need to be, you know, and there's a lot of stuff that they didn't want to do at the time, but then they implemented once they changed over the morning show. But that was something that happened to me that I was really angry about at the time. And um, Clear Channel, that's what they were, Clear Channel. They iHeart now. They were Clear Channel then. That at a point in my life... The people that was around me that I knew really, really, really loved me, like really had love for me um, when I was out of work, those are the people that were like, hey man, you know, God is gonna open up another door for you. You may not be on a financial level that you once were, but God got something in plan for you. It's not, it's not up to you, it's not under your control. Control what you can control, and what you can control is yourself, and your brand, and and the things that you do. are A lot of the reasons you hear a lot of um, are the older guys, they may come out, right? They may go to jail for something, um, and then they come out, and, and the young kid's like, oh, now you want to preach to us, but you wasn't preaching to us when you was getting that money in the streets. Now you want to tell us what we should do and what we shouldn't do, because that's their experience. That's experience. Experience is, is, is the best teacher. Experience is a wonderful teacher, because you didn't know it. You was young, you was dumb, you thought you were invincible, and now here's 18, 17, 10 years later, whatever, you know, did that time, and you don't want to see people that you love make the same mistakes that you made. That's you being able to do things, right, to control things. You can control certain situations. You can control where you go. That's up to you totally, whether or not you get educated. That's up to you totally. Whether or not you decide to have a child, that's up to you totally. Men, that's up to you. Put a condom on. Don't go in raw. Women, make sure you know who you're getting ready to have a baby with. And I don't mean just because you know them for a year. And, of course, I know that there's some women out there that get duped. And those are the ones I really feel bad for the ones that be with a guy 5, 10, 15 years and he say he wants the kid, he wants the kid and all of a sudden he switch kids on you. That is something that you can't control either but you can control knowing somebody before you decide to bring another life onto this planet. Because whether or not you want to admit it, you can say it takes two to tango all day, and we all know that. But the determining factor of whether or not a child was born falls on the woman. So you can control that part. You can control who you lay down with. You can control who you hang out with. You can control who you hang around. You can control what you wear. You can control how you speak. You can control where you go. But certain things are outside of your control. Most of us work and most of us got bosses. Now, some people may say that certain things are boss moves, but if you look at it very clearly, there's always usually somebody over you that's pulling the strings. From some of the favorite your favorite people on this planet earth, LeBron James has made boss moves within what he can control. Right? Colin Kaepernick has made boss moves under the guise of what he could Control, But Colin Kaepernick is not playing professional football anymore because Colin Kaepernick does not control the National Football League or any of the individual teams in the National Football League. He is trying to prove now in a court of law that he was blackballed, that there was collusion to keep him from playing football. If the NBA players wanted to get together and just say, LeBron James is not playing in the NBA anymore, they could. The same way they got together and kept Ray Rice after his incident with his wife, Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl champion Ray Rice, out of the NFL. That was the end of his career. No matter how big he was, there was somebody bigger. No matter how big LeBron James is, there's somebody that cut his check. We saw him in Cleveland go to the finals. Dan Gilbert had to cut that check. So he's a boss to a certain degree, but not a super boss because that big money that he gets, that's coming from the Bucks family right now. So he's controlling his narrative in the manner in which he controls it and not worrying about what he can't control. Now what he can't control is himself. What he can't control is his output. He can't control whether or not he becomes injured, but he can control if I'm healthy, if I work hard, if I go hard, I can get these rewards till I get to the point where I can stop playing basketball and control my own destiny. But even if it's television and film, he's going to have to come to somebody to get that green light. That's just the way things work. But you can control yourself by putting yourself in a position to succeed. All the time you cannot control... Everything around you, but work on being a master of what you can control and not worrying about what you can't control. And that's one thing I had to learn when I was fired from Clear Channel. So another thing I had to learn recently when I was in Atlanta with Radio One and they decided not to do the format. And I was mad at them because I invested my time and invested my energy into them, which made me realize start investing more of your energy into your endeavors and less energy into their endeavors. Not to say that you're not gonna go in and do a good job, but you've been around radio long enough to know that when they're done, they're done and they don't care about you. So do I concentrate my energy now on hanging out with people that I work with, trying to pile up the bosses, oh, let's go out and have drinks, let's go do dinner, let's go swing the golf club? No, because I know when it's over, they don't really care about you at all. And that goes all the way up the corporate ladder to the program director. When they're done with you, they just done, and you have to look for another job. That's just the way it is. I'm not in a position to do my own thing or to own financially, to own my own radio station. I've heard people tell me that a million times. You should have your own stuff going. You should be on internet radio. Let me tell y'all something. They have not figured out how to monetize that yet. All these people walking around talking about they got their own radio stations and all of that. I'm on this sh- show on the Internet. That's that's great to, to get your chops up as a broadcaster, but you haven't found a manner in which to monetize it yet. Radio works like this. The more you listen, the better the ratings, the more they can go and charge for commercials. If they don't run commercials, they don't make money. Radio is not fun and games. Radio is a business. They are catering to a certain demographic of people to listen to a certain radio station so they can go tell advertisers we have a cum of cum is how many people listening in any quarter hour we have a cum of 17 18 million your stuff will be heard by 17 18 million people it makes sense for you to spend your advertising dollars with us radio is business that's all it is is business Straight, and you better get a hold of that. Think about that right now. If you, anything that you're doing, I don't care where you work, if you're not, if they feel like they're not getting the output from you or what they want, they're going to get rid of you. When we first started Power 105, our job from the program director told us is to be a thorn in Hot 97's side, not to beat them just be a thorn in their side, take some of their audience away so that Z100 can flourish, and then we started to flourish. Z100 was supposed to flourish more than us, so this way Z100 could get more advertising dollars because we're taking away some of Hot 97's audience. That's what we were told that our job was. Then they decided they wanted to win. Then they decided they wanted to try to grab a younger audience so we have to get younger on the air. So let's get rid of the Ad Lover Morning Show. That's what they did. That's age discrimination, and I could have really sued Clear Channel for that. But I figured one day I probably would want to work for Clear Channel again. I have a lot of people that I really like over there at um, Clear Channel. So I didn't sue them for- for uh, age discrimination. And I really could have. And I probably would have won, but I wouldn't have worked at a Clear Channel station ever again. That's fine. I got a great severance package out of them and I moved on with my life. And like I said earlier, I wasn't mad at the change. I wasn't mad at the way it was executed. I thought it was executed poorly and disrespectfully. But I can't I can't live and dwell and be angry about that forever you have to move on when something is final it's final and I think part of the problem with death and why we grieve and mourn so long is the finality of it all like when somebody that you love dies and you stop and you're grieving and you're hurting and you're mourning you want the world to stop like, when my dad died, I was so upset and so hurt and so with my immediate family that I wanted this whole world to stop. Just stop. Stop. Don't move. Nobody go to work. Nobody have fun. Nobody smile. Recognize that I lost my dad. But it doesn't work like that. I can only control what I can't control. The outside world keeps going. At the end of the month, they sent my mother to bill, just like it was any other month. They didn't care that my dad had just died. Con Edison, lighting Companies, and Gas company and the water company, they don't even care. That's just, uh, they're just gone. And there's nothing you could do about it. It's gone. And my mother used to always tell me like, my parents were such great parents, man. And they instilled such great values in us as young men and young ladies. Just great old world southern values, you know about being prepared and about being respectful and about controlling only the things that you know you can't control. That doesn't mean you shouldn't reach higher, not by any stretch of the imagination. You should always set goals and try to climb your goals and try to reach your goals all the time. That doesn't mean that. It means just don't dwell on the things that you can't control. Dudes, you can control whether or not you go to prison. 90, I would say 99% of the time. Now, if you get framed and a cop pulled you over and put a dirty gun and some cocaine in your car, you can't control that. How many times have we watched these shows where there's people that get released from prison 17 years later for a crime that they didn't commit? That's one of the scariest. You want to talk about something that scares me? That scares me. That scares shit out of me. Okay, I just watched, uh, one of my friends just sent me um, a Sacred Heart College. They just gave this white girl a year in jail for falsely accusing two black dudes of rape. Ruined their reputation, ruined their college life at that college. They didn't even get arrested for it, but just the actual thought that somebody would make some shit up like that on you is horrible. That's outside of your control, way outside, but if you out here and you're trying to be a if you trying to bust your gun and you're trying to do this and do that, and you're gonna be super super hustler, who survived that like why aren't you looking at track records why aren't you looking at the records of things like you're not going to go out and do polka uh polka. I'm about to say polka dot. Shout out to Kwame. You're not going to go out and do polka hip-hop and say, I'm going to sell all of these polka hip-hop records. Track records show, it's never happened. So what really makes you think that you're that good that it's going to make a difference? It's not going to happen. So why would you go out, do the same thing that your predecessors did, and think you're gonna get different results. I'm gonna murder somebody, I'm gonna get away with it. With the way science is right now, you really think so? I'm just gonna run up and shoot up the whole damn block and I'm gonna get my street cred up and everybody's gonna be afraid of me and they never gonna find out, really. I'm gonna hustle, I'm gonna move keys from across seas Rolling in MPVs, every week we made 40 Gs. Yo nigga respect mine, and go to click notch, pal. Move from the gate, pal. And I'm not going to jail for it. Really? Really? Who do you know that didn't get killed? Okay, or go to jail? Who do you know that was making, name me one person that you know from wherever you're from, and you're listening to this. That was a big time drug dealer or a killer that didn't either get killed or go to jail for the rest of their life. Where they at? Those things you can't control. You can't control those things. We can stop the cycle of violence. We can stop the cycle of single motherhood. We can stop all of this shit if we control the things that we know we can control. Some things are outside of your your realm. Some things are absolutely God's work and God's work only. Like, come on. Those people that got on the duck boat and they drowned. God bless each and every one of their hearts. But that was outside of their control. You can control your education if you want to work hard for it and stop making excuses as to why you're not doing it. You can control it. We procrastinate. I'm one of the biggest procrastinators. Man... When I tell y'all I'm a procrastinator, I am horrible at procrastinating. I'm trying to get better. I admit it. I, I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get a lot better with it. But where I'm at right now in my life, oh, my God. Sometimes I catch myself like, okay, you said you was going to do this. When are you going to do that? When are you going to stop bush and do it? Because I'll tell myself that I'm going to do it. I'm just like, I ain't no better than anybody else. And this podcast sometime is my release, it's my therapy to talk. But I am I'm not better than anybody else, man. It's just a, due to the fact that at a certain age, you, you should learn something. You should be a little bit more knowledgeable than you were before. Like I've I'm recently have taken my health into my own hands. Because you know, I know you know I I, I shout out uh, cigarsinternational.com. I'm into the cigar culture, but I do realize that I can't smoke, 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 and and expect to remain healthy and not exercise, not detox every now and then, you know, not monitor how how much I smoke. I love cigars, but I got friends, man. They'll smoke four or five cigars every single day, and I'm like, bro, I can't, I can't do that. You it. Every day? Every single day? I don't smoke cigars every day. As much as I love cigars, I don't smoke cigars every single day. Even someday, I need, like, I need a break. I am not, not. Today is not a day for me. I gotta control my health. I gotta control myself. And then you smoke, and ain't uh, along with the cigar culture, is usually a couple of drinks. You know, I'm a Scotch lover. There's no, uh, Secret to that, if you know me, you know I love a good scotch. So a couple of scotches and a couple of cigars, you know, I remember I was telling myself I was only going to smoke one. When I go out, I'm smoking one cigar and I just couldn't do it. I I don't have the control. I just don't have the control. I was like, I'm only going to smoke one stick, man, and that's going to be it. And then one always turns to two. One drink always turns to two drinks, maybe to three drinks. I could control that. So I decided, look, man, take your ass and start going back to the gym on a daily basis. And that's what I've been doing for the last two weeks, almost three weeks now. Just daily, at least an hour, you know, 45 minutes in the gym, not in there trying to compete with the big muscle dudes. They've been working on that for a lot longer than I've been working on myself. But if I steadily go You know, you start seeing the results and you start hearing the results from people and you like to hear that, yo, you look good. Like, I love to hear that. I love to hear from people that have been watching me since 91, 92, damn, Ed, you look great. Like, I, that's what I want to hear. Not to just to stroke my ego, but to know that I'm living a healthier, better balanced lifestyle. And that's what it's about. It's not about that I'm not going to stop smoking cigars, period, unless my doctor tells me I have to. Um, but it's about balance. And I can control that balance. I can control it. I think sometimes people uses different things as crutches As a reason why they're not doing what they're supposed to do, it's a crutch. And then that crutch becomes other people's burdens. And people don't want you around. Nobody wants a negative person around them all the time that's just on them all the time for one thing or another. You know? Nobody wants that. I don't care. I don't care who it is. Like, you don't want somebody that's just on you all the time. You know, you ever have one of those friends? that's just fucking negative as fuck like every time you talk to them they're never happy it's always something wrong and the reason they are fucked up is because of them but they don't want to hear that or because of the or the blessings that they blocked a long time ago and they're not really trying to do anything to make their life better. You yeah, you know anybody know any, somebody like that that they call, "Hey man, what's going on, man? How you doing?" "Oh, man." damn. let me tell you man, my, shit, my car broke down and I'm all screwed up over here and I I can't do this and I can't do that. Hold on y'all, my my mother-in-law calling me. Hold on y'all. Yeah, ma. All right. You know, and it's this, that, and the third and Somebody's downstairs at my door. Um, I'm actually doing this podcast from home uh, because I couldn't get into the studio. Said somebody rang the bell. Um, So what I was trying to tell you is it's just that constant, that constant irritating person that you know, that we all know, that constant da- Debbie Downer, people call them a Debbie Downer, you don't even want to be around them, they, you want to go out, you want to have a good time, they never have money, you know they don't budget correctly, so when you see them doing dumb shit, then you want to speak on it, but they don't want you to speak on it because you're supposed to be my friend and you're supposed to always agree with me, that's not what friendship is, they don't control what they can control they leave it up to whatever, they just throw this shit up in the air and then when it gets fucked up, yo man, can you let me hold $600? Could you let me hold this? Could you let me hold that? Could you do this? Could you do that? You know what I mean? And you don't wanna deal with that type of person at all? Hold on, y'all. I gotta go see what's going on here at home, hold on. All right, y'all, back to what I was saying here. So. You know, you can't basically. You cannot change things that are just above you, but there's a lot of stuff that is around you that you can change. So I was talking about the person that will go out. Their birthday come, they're gonna spend thousand dollars or two thousand dollars, knowing that that's not money that they have to spend like that. But it's my birthday. All right, you could do something reasonable on your birthday. Your birthday, folks, is not a national fucking holiday. So please stop it with, like, it's, it's dumb. It's my birthday. We all love our birthdays. We all should be happy that we lived another year, blah, blah, blah. it's all good. But when you go out and you overspend celebrating your birthday, then when something happens, you don't have money for it, then you start looking towards your friend. Nobody's trying to hear that. That that's not it's not going down like that. Ain't nobody trying to hear your sad ass sob stories because when we were doing our studying, when people were in college, you was chuckling and laughing and doing your thing and ignoring the fact that you should have got yourself better educated to put yourself in a better position to enter the workforce, you ain't want to hear that. Now that people are doing better, you want to lean on them. You want to lean on mom, you want to lean on dad, you want to lean on your aunties, you're leaning on your grandmother for money. That shit it shouldn't even be like that. You don't want to spend your money. There's a lot of people out there like that, too. They don't want to spend their money, but they will spend your money. So you learn, like I've learned, over the course of a period of time to say no without excuses. No. I'm not, I'm not, no. I'm not giving you shit. No. And fuck who you are. I'm not giving yeah, man, you supposed to be my man and all that. Nah, B. I'm not I'm not giving you no money, because first of all, you don't know how to get this shit back. So I'm controlling what I know I could control. And what I could control is my money. Y'all see where I'm going here? I can control my financial situation. I can control not being mad at you. I can control not having to cut you off as a friend. I can control that by not giving you my fucking money. Recently in life, a female that my wife thought was a good friend started spreading rumors that myself and one of my friends were bisexual and that we were leaving our wives and getting married. And she's running around telling people this. And when I heard it, I just fucking laughed. I laughed. And I I really couldn't believe it because this was a person that we embraced. Like, we embraced her as a nice person. And some people, more than one person verified it, that she was spreading that rumor around. Right? And she's even tried to apologize to my wife about it and said, oh, I took a bad joke and I shouldn't have been saying that. I I didn't mean to hurt you and all that. Damage done. It's no damage to my reputation because, come on, that's not going to stop me from doing anything that I want to do in my life. And I'm so upfront as a grown-ass man right now. I'm so upfront and real. If I was bisexual, I would have told the world a long time ago. I'm absolutely not. But it didn't it, it didn't bother me. I laughed it off because I'm like, well, I, I figured a long time ago I can't control how people feel about me. I can't control. I can just be as nice as I could possibly be, but I can't control what your reaction to me is going to be. I had a young lady come up to me the other day and tell me she met me before. And I was like, nice. And she, well, you were mean. And I was like, well, how was I mean? Like, what did I say? Well, I said hi to you and you just said hi and you walked away. Was I supposed to say something else? This is exactly what I said to her. I, I said, hello, was I supposed to say something else? Well, you acted like you ain't want to be bothered. I was like, how did I act like I didn't want to be bothered? You said hi, I said hi, and then I kept going where I was going. Did you engage me in conversation and I told you I don't have time? For, no, you just said hi. Oh, it was the way you said hi. Oh, now it's the way I said, like, I can't please everybody. I can't and I won't try to but if I know in my heart that I'm doing the right thing I can live with that I can't control the way every single person feels about me I can't control and frankly at this point in my life I really don't care like my friends are my friends my friends who around me are genuine those are my friends but I'll tell you what I did learn from the young lady that we thought was a really good friend that was spreading rumors and nasty in the windows more than that saying that I was broke and that my wife, the only reason why I'm married to my wife is because she's a healthcare professional and she makes more money than I do and none of, none of these things are true. This is just her talking and I really think she has a drug problem and I hope she gets herself um, some help. I really think she needs a lot of help. Um, but my point of the matter is what I learned from that about controlling the things that I can't control is being more careful about who you let into your circle. Being more careful about who you call friend. Because you hang out with somebody for a couple of times and, and, and shared a couple of laughs and shared a couple of drinks together and hung out does not mean that y'all are friends. I really, really believe that people are in your life for a reason and a season. I really believe that. Some people, time is over, man. I mean, my ex-wife, Kim, and I are better off friends than we were a married couple. I think our marriage was for a reason in the season. The reasons, Zaire and Summer, the season, over with. Like, I just don't believe. Like, if I'm looking back at it in hindsight. I got two wonderful kids out of this situation. Two gorgeous, great, smart, healthy kids out of this situation. But looking at it, we were doomed. We should have never been married in the first place. Uh, you know, hindsight, I look at it, I was like, I had two kids out of wedlock already, and here come my son, and I was like, I'm not doing it like that again. And I thought I was doing the right thing, but we just, she wasn't ready for it, I wasn't ready for it. There was some warning signs there for me that I shouldn't have got married, and I ignored them, um, but I could have controlled that a lot better. I could have controlled it a lot better, because it ended up in divorce, and I would probably have probably been worse I think that has been worse for my kids than us just never being married and just agreeing to co-parent two great kids. Um, I don't know, because you really never know what effect divorce has on your children until they tell you much later in their lives. And I've had this conversation with my son, and the hardest thing my son has ever told me, um, I said, what do you remember about... uh, me and your mother being divorced, and he said, I just remember you being in the house all the time, and then one day you wasn't there, and I just broke down and cried. Like, that shit shattered shattered me. And he was a little dude when we got divorced. I think Zion was about three, and he's 21 now. So it was just like, wow. Like, that really had an effect on him. And I could have controlled that situation a little bit better, and so, so could have... My ex-wife Kim, she could have controlled that situation a little better too. It's so a lot of things that are outside of our control, um, and there's a lot of things that are within the realm of our control that we can control a little bit better. You know, I saw um, somebody post a picture. Matter of fact, it was my man Todd. My good friend Todd won. I've known Todd since he was first on at MTV, working with us on your MTV raps, and then he went on the whole Fade to Black uh, on MTV. You know, him and I did Down With MTV together. We were roommates together um, in Jersey City, New Jersey. We both worked, man. We did a lot of great stuff together. You know, he's in the movie Who's the Man with me. Brilliant, brilliant dude working in television and film. Love him, man. He's like a brother to me, man. And that just reminds me I owe him a phone call. So I'm going to call Todd one um, just to catch up because I love this guy. Um, i seen him post a picture and he's about his daughter and he said something about his daughter. And uh, he said, I don't post a lot of pictures of my children because there's a lot of weirdos out there. And I thought like, wow, you know what, Todd? You're right. And a lot of times we're a bit lax because now we are all about controlling our image. And we're all about our feelings within the realms of social media. And I just think it's the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard in my life. And I agree with Todd that you got to be careful. Like I said, you gotta be careful about who you let within your social circle. And you have to be careful about your family and your children because there are fucking people out there. That's weird. I remember telling my friends, this is all about controlling what you can't control. I remember I told one of my friends, stop posting your vacation pictures while you're on vacation. Why? Why? I said, because you're telling people that you're not home. And if people have been watching you at all, they know your house is empty. They know I could go breaking your shit. Demi Lovato just almost died from an overdose. She's in recovery right now. Somebody broke in her house. The game was at, the game, the rapper, of the game was at some award show or something, and he was posting from the award show. Thank God he had cameras. And then he ended up posting to two dudes that tried to break in his house because they knew that he was not home, that he was at the award show. You're giving people a green light to check out your children, to check out your home. I had to tell one of my daughters one time, stop video when you're here. Stop shooting video inside the house. I don't want people to know where what the inside of my house looks like. I don't want people to know where I live. I'm very, very, if I have my wife on this podcast right now, she will tell you. I'm very particular about who I let know where I live. And I'm very particular about people bringing people that I don't know to my house. If there's one thing that I can't stand, if I invite you over, no, it is not all right with me for you to bring somebody to my house that I don't know. I'm controlling things I can control. And what I can control is who comes in and out of my house. Ever since that Miami Dolphin football player, I can't remember his name, but God rest his soul, had a barbecue at his house and allowed his cousin to bring their friends to his palatial estate in Miami. The dude saw the house, they cased it, they looked around. They came back in, broke into his house, awoke him out of his sleep, he went to get his gun, and they shot and killed him. All because he opened up, well, they caught the dudes, thank God, but all because he decided to open up his home to try to be inclusive to his family and his family's friends. That's a narrative I control. I don't want nobody at my house I don't know. Let me tell you something. When I was living in West Orange, New Jersey, before we moved to where we live at now, I had a really beautiful house in West Orange. Beautiful, beautiful house. Sold it back to the bank when we moved and came south. Beautiful, beautiful house. Six bedrooms, five and a half bedrooms, almost four thousand square feet. One day I come home. I'm chilling. I'm walking the house. With my wife, and her girlfriend. I sitting in the kitchen at the granite countertop. This house was fucking laid. I'm not I'm not even going to lie. This is a beautiful-ass house, right? Um, cherry wood, cabinetry, you know, I'm talking everything. I mean, I, I bought this house from the builder. Um, the guy had gutted it out, and he rebuilt the whole entire house. Like, Italian marble floors in the kitchen, house was laid. And we did a great job. My wife did a great job decorating the house, too. So. <laughs> They're in there, and they're looking at costume jewelry, and, you know, it's my wife and my wife's friend, and I know her very, very well. She's one of my wife's closest friends. And then a female's showing them this, that, and the third. And so I just say, hey, hey, ladies, how you doing? Kiss my wife, say what's up to my homegirl, introduce myself to the other young lady. And I go upstairs. I get upstairs, and I call my wife on her cell phone, and she answers the phone, and I say, hey, can you come upstairs for a minute? And she comes upstairs, and I say who the fuck is that in the kitchen? And she go, oh, it's so-and-so. That's uh, such-and-such a friend. She just came over to show us some of her jewelry. And I'm like, why can't you go over to her house and see her jewelry? Why does she have to come over here? I got plaques from No Way Out, from Diddy, from Jay-Z, from Buster Rounds, from the Fuji's. I got plaques on my walls. I got pictures on my walls. I got the latest, greatest technology on the walls and and, you know televisions and I have jewelry in the house always kept a weapon in the house but I got shit in this house I don't want somebody walking out saying that they were at Ed Lover's house telling somebody else even even if it's not malicious I didn't live in a gated community at the time so it ain't hard to find okay I don't want too many people knowing where I live at. That's how, you know, that's how pushing robberies happen. That's how somebody, you go on vacation and you, somebody's watching you and you leave and and the whole family's gone. That's how they breaking your shit and you come back and all of your shit is missing. I control that narrative. I was like, please don't do that, babe. Please, can you go, go to homegirl house, your friend's house. I don't want to say a name. Go to her house and let her come over there. You got to be more protective of things that you can control. It just may be a passing fancy. It may be a barbershop or beauty salon conversation. I was over such and such's house. Oh, they got a nice house. Where where they live at, right off of there, but innocent. Innocent until somebody gets hurt or your shit is gone. Yeah, I got insurance on everything in the house, but who the fuck want to go through all of that? When you can control it a little bit better by just a, the people that you know, that you love, that you mess with, for real, that got years and years and years, and don't get me wrong, they will snake your ass too. But i rather, shit, at least I know them, I don't know this person, you know? Not saying one thing is better than another one, but you know you don't expect it from somebody that you've been calling your friend for a long time, and jealousy rears that ugly head, but, If you can control things a little bit better, then you should make it your business to control your narrative and really not worry about things that are outside of your control. And that kind of stuff, giving out too much information to somebody else, you know, that shit is within your control. All is not gold that glitters. All is not pure that shines. Follow your mother's wishes and happiness will be thine. It's true, all is not gold that glitters. It's not, just because somebody looks super good and you see them and they got muscles or whether she got a banging body, that don't mean that she's right upstairs, right? That doesn't mean that he's right upstairs. You control that, all that tender dating and hooking up and all of that. You can control all of that by being safe. I'm not telling you not to enjoy yourself. But I'm telling you to control what you can control, control your narrative a little bit better by making sure that you have a firm grasp on what you're doing and able to deal with the consequences of what you're doing. There was a a young lady that I saw a story on that uh, met this dude on Tinder, I think it was, or Black People Meet or one of them, and she thought he was freaking fine and he thought she was freaking fine and they went out and they was drinking and she wanted to hook up with him and he wanted to hook up with her and they went to the hotel and he beat the holy shit out of her and stole her car and her credit cards that is something she definitely could have control definitely late at night hanging out drinking you don't do not do that kind of stuff with people you don't know that you, that you don't feel like you can trust That stuff should have been a meet me in broad daylight at a Starbucks for a cup of coffee. That's what that should have been. Meet me in broad daylight in Starbucks for a cup of coffee. Let's get to know each other a little better. Let me see what you're all about. Thank God they caught him, too, and he's doing some serious jail time. But don't put yourself in that position. Don't put yourself in that position. That's why... I really, really appreciate more Uber, Lyft, and those services because you pretty much got a good beat on who the driver is of, you know, whatever car that you're getting into, so it's less likely than back in the days when the cab drivers, you know, you never knew who you was getting in the cab with, especially as a female, you know. You didn't pretty much know anybody's Madonna. You know, you ain't know the cab driver's name and Information and all of that stuff. You just got in there. Nigga looked like a Mahmoud or Habibi or whatever his name was. You you know, really looked at the medallion. You know, you, they usually have their um, their license, their medallion license right there. You read their name and get all the information off of it. But when Cavs was popping in New York City, where I'm from, we rarely did that. We just got in, told them where we was going, paid them, and got out. You know, at least with Uber and Lyft, you pretty much have a whole profile on your driver, and if something happens to you because of that driver, you can go back, you know, to Lyft or to Uber, and they'll tell you who that person was, as long as they're using a real name. I'm not saying that it's all scientifically sound in fact, but I feel like you have a better chance, especially as females, when y'all go out and y'all have a good time, y'all dress provocatively, and you get a little tipsy, you know, it's a little bit safer because at least with that, you could tell somebody, even with the app, you could tell somebody about your trip. You could share your trip with somebody that's either at home waiting on you and tell them they'll see who your car driver is and everything. If something, ha- something happens to, a, you know, happen to you, unfortunately. So that's like you, you having a better control over what you're doing. You're having more control over the things you do. Like some things, man, it's just unexplainable to all of us. You get on a plane, everybody's happy. The plane crashes, everybody dies. That's not within the realm of your control. You don't, you know. That's when you know we putting it in God's hands. I travel a lot. I'm back and forth between Chicago and Atlanta and New York. I'm all over the place, man. And um, that that's that's not within my hands. I can't I can't control that shit. There's really ain't too much I can do about it, man. Really ain't, really ain't. I just want everybody, and and instill this in your children. Don't get hung up on things you can't control, like who likes you, who don't like you, who's talking about you. Everybody swear they got haters on social media who don't agree with you. You're growing, we all still growing. I'm even still growing as a human being and I can't control that I don't worry about it because I I can't control it who likes your pictures who gives a fuck first of all do you even really know 50% of the people that follow you so what do you care if somebody scroll past your picture and don't punch the like button stop lol man stop living off likes that's where we at now we lol we live off likes stop it knock it off, man. Control the narrative that you can control in your life and stop worrying about what you cannot control. God has got you covered, okay? If you fuck up, you fucked up, own it, move on, be better. That's controlling your life. That's controlling your life to the degree where you can control it. Now, your destiny is in God's hands. Your every day is in your hands. If you want to be a better person, be a better person. Stop procrastinating. If you want to do this, start doing it. Stop procrastinating. Stop blaming everything on somebody else. That's not their fault. Well, you ain't even take any of the responsibilities for what you do. Control your narrative. Control it. If you messed up, you messed up. We all make mistakes, that's obvious. Nobody's free from sin, right? Nobody. Not a single one of us. All even, straight across the board. But man, listen. Listen. Don't don't do that to yourself, man. Don't set yourself up for failure. Don't put yourself in a bad spot. Don't do that. Just work hard and have a happy fucking life, man. Don't be reckless. Control what you can't control. Don't put yourself out there so far. <clears throat> and then you got to be the one running around telling somebody else about why you in a wheelchair or whatever have you right now. And you cursing God for it. And God is looking at you like, I gave you a certain amount of control over your own life. I gave you the opportunity to not get high and get drunk and drive that car but you chose to take the opportunity i gave you an alternative taxis lifts ubers all that i gave you a different way call somebody have them come pick you up and you mad at me because you crashed into a tree are you paralyzed now from the waist down you mad at me you knew that they were shooting on that corner all the time, but you decided to go over there and go in the back of that store in the gambling spot, and you mad at me because you got shot? You mad at me. You decided to put that dress on with no bra and the G-string on, and you decided to walk down that scary-ass block, and you mad at me because they chased you down that block? You really mad at God? because some guy grabbed you by your ass or stuck his hands up in your crotch, you mad at me when you could have controlled the narrative by not wearing that shit in the first place? You mad at me because guys keep grabbing on you, but you got your ass hanging out the back of your dress. So you mad at God and everybody else when you put yourself in that position. Don't put yourself in that position. Control your narrative to the best of your ability and do the freaking best that you can. Because that's all, at the end of the day, that's all any of us can do. Because the rest of it is absolutely in God's hands. We don't know when we're born. We're going to be born. We don't know when we're going to die. My mother is 80 years old. I know a lot of you probably listening got parents older than that. And she thanks God every day and lost every single one of her brothers and sisters and both parents and my father. All gone. But my mom is living her best life. And my mom was really that kind of a person that really took responsibility over her own and her children and really tried to control her narrative to the best of her ability. She's very careful about what she did. She's very hardworking, very diligent, very smart, and had a great life, but not a reckless life, but a great life. And that's all I'm saying to you. I'm Ed Lover. This is Come On, Son. I get the fuck out of here with that. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.